running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT with you as we are brought to you by Sam and Ash, my personal injury attorneys, my good friend, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. If you get into any type of accident, especially over the holidays, where a lot of attorneys are checked out, they are there. You get two for one with Sam and Ashley, 702-820-1234. Sam and Ash injury law because you deserve what's right hope everybody had a great thanksgiving mine was great had a fun time one of my sons was home from college the other one was at the raider game and he had a blast so that was a lot of fun to talk about that the weather how about the weather today was it going to get to 74 75 feels like summertime here fantastic time and the raiders have a home game coming up on Sunday as the Washington football team is in town and they're a pretty good team they're not an elite team but they're good enough and the Raiders were able to lose to teams that are kind of in this kind of in this how would you set describe it they're in this basket of average teams that play well at Allegiant Stadium that make my stomach crawl when I hear about Washington coming in and winning with two and Fitzpatrick Justin Fields winning here you know teams come into Allegiant Stadium and people are picking away, saying, oh, it's not a great home field advantage yet. place is unbelievable. The place is incredible. It's absolutely incredible what's going on there. That good. And so don't tell me that it's not a home field advantage. Other fans are coming in. Other fans are coming in and having a good time. Okay? What do you want to do? Tell other fans they can't pay $1,000 a ticket from some Raider fan and willing will to save sell their $200 ticket. We can't control that. All we can do is control you showing up, not selling your tickets to opposing fans and having a good time. That's the only thing we can control here. And if we can't control that, then I don't know what we're ever going to control here. So when I, the section I sit in is packed with Raider fans going crazy, standing up, first down, going nuts. And, you know, again, this Washington football team game, I can't imagine a lot of Washington fans traveling between, well, this is an average team they have, between Thanksgiving and Christmas during COVID and flying to Vegas. I hope they do. I hope there's some fans there. They got a long history with the Raiders. But this is not going to be a crowd like we saw with Philadelphia, Chicago, or Kansas City. And it's got to be an intense, absolute intense atmosphere for the Raiders and everybody's now got to go all in go all in on your tailgates on your transportation getting there getting there early get up to the torch and see us and be ready to roll be ready to roll and be ready to roll big the rest of the way because I don't see it any other way this is a game that they have to win this is a game that they have to win going forward period and there's no oh it'd be nice if they won if they win okay it's all right no 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 we are past that point. Now they have to win all of these games. The home games that are left are critical. The home games that are left would give the Raiders nine wins total. If they beat Washington, if they beat the Chargers, who are very beatable, and you got to split with the Chargers and then sweep Denver, then the schedule opens up nicely. And depending on what happens to Cleveland, you know, I thought that Cleveland was going to be a really – I thought not they were going to run away, but they'd win the division. 
and that isn't the case there. And can they beat Indy? If you would have told me two weeks ago the one team I don't like the Raiders up against is Indy about two weeks ago because Indy just looks really good, and they're very balanced and they're physical. But I think that's going to be one of those games where the Raiders can win on the road. It's in a dome, in an environment, and the Raiders match up well with Indy. I was just hoping that Indy would be knocked out by now. You know, Indy had such a slow start to the season that I thought they'd be buried where they were in the schedule, and maybe that game didn't mean as much. They have Jonathan Taylor running the football. And then the game at Kansas City, I mean, that week, I'm going to go into that week a little bit different. This, I'm, oh, The hell with that game. Like, that game, no one's going to give the Raiders a chance, a chance to win the Kansas City game in Kansas City. You, you don't have to beat Kansas City to make the playoffs. It helped a lot. And I'm not saying the Raiders can't win that game, but the rest of the country is going to be laughing at the Raiders going into Kansas City after what Kansas City did at Allegiant in the second half of that game. And the fact that the Raiders just have proven that they can't stop Kansas City most of the time and their offense, which is misdirection. So those are some of the issues I'm thinking about. I'm not a one-game-at-a-time guy unless, unless you have to be one game at a time. But other than this, I think I'm starting to look ahead. I'm starting to look ahead a little bit. I'm assuming the Raiders are going to play well against Washington. And God forbid if I'm sitting in that Modelo lounge for postgame and the Raiders lose to Washington. And I got to sit there for 90 minutes. I love it. It's my job. I wouldn't anything. I, nothing else I'd rather do. But I can't take that. I, I can't take that at all. I, I got to be in that Modelo lounge postgame on Sunday. With the Raider victory, taking your phone calls, everybody bouncing off the walls. That's what I'm hoping happens. All right, let's go to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Head coach, Rich Passaccia. Good afternoon. Obviously coming off a, a big win um, in Dallas. Um, a lot of exciting plays, obviously offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Both ways, really. Explosive plays on both sides for us. And uh, some for them um, on their side. So, um, with all that being said, trying to get ourselves going, getting ready for what's next. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have. Rich, a um, couple of uh, injury updates uh, on Darren Waller and uh, Carl Nassib. Yeah, great, Finn, thanks. Um, Darren Waller right now is uh, week to week. Carl Nassib is also um, week to week. It's possible that we can get Nick Kwiatkowski back this week. We're hoping so. He had a good weekend working out. And uh, Keyshawn Johnson is still a little bit week to week. Uh, we'll see how he does as this week goes on. Um, Trayvon Mullins kind of moved into the week to week category. Not sure if he'll get active to the 21 day deal uh, this week or not. Um, and that's kind of where we're at at this particular point. Did I miss anybody, Ben? Uh, I don't think so. But when you say Darren's week to week, does that include possibly this week? Yeah, I think, again, it's um, from talking to Chris, it's, it's kind of a, it's a week deal. We'll see where he is. Um, I know he improved the first day, which happens a lot of the time. And I think now we're waiting to see how the rest of the week goes. So I think that's the best I can do for week to week. I'm trying to figure it out, too. So. Early on, what is, has anything jumped out just about Washington from, from your film study on either side of the ball? Yeah, well, obviously they've you know they've played the quarterback game a little bit. Some different quarterbacks playing there for them, but right now they're you know we'll see tonight what happens a little bit. But they they've been playing physical. Um, they have some weapons certainly what they're trying to do on offense, and then you know they've had a critical injury on defense, but they they've been a force up front to deal with, and they're a good physical tackling team on defense. So um, we have a good return game going right now. I think they've had a big kickoff return for a touchdown. So we'll uh, we'll see a little bit more tonight, but um, you know we'll, we'll expect a good game coming in here. 
You had a good game on the ground against Dallas. How important is it to continue with the run game, especially the later it gets in the calendar year? Yeah, well, I think what you saw from us in the games that we've happened to, to win here as of late, we, we've, we've played well in the run game and it opened up our play action package as it did again for us on Saturday. So I think we'll look, we'll look to continue that best we possibly can. Is there a way to kind of quantify, you know, it's like a chicken and an egg type of situation, I'm sure, where you're throwing long and it helps the run game or the run game is helping you throw long or is it just kind of a combination of both? Yeah, I love your questions, Vin, because a lot of times you, you answer them when you ask them, but it's it's a combination. Right. No, 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 no. I, I mean that seriously. It's, it's really a combination for both, right? If you're doing a good job running the football, then all of a sudden your play-action game becomes a part of your offense and what you're trying to do. And I think you saw that, you know, early in the game. Actually, we hit Deshaun on the big play on a play-action coming across the field where he had a, a tremendous pocket and was able to do that. And then we had explosives um, late in the game, too, to, to Hunter down the middle of the field. And we had another one to Deshaun, which set up the 56-yard field goal. So um, I think anytime we can run the ball effectively, it's going to open up our play-action pass game, and it also gives us a chance to get Josh going, um, and hopefully you get Kenyon going as well, a little bit of a one-two punch, which um, we were doing that in the games. We were having some success, and hopefully we can continue to, to build on that. I know you've talked about guys not getting too up after wins, not getting too down after losses, but these last couple of days, have you noticed a little bit of a bounce in the step at all? Well, I, you know, Vic, that's, that's – that's great as well, and, and uh, actually we just we had a little bit of a, a meeting in there, and we're getting ready to have another team meeting. But I, I kind of got on them about the exact thing, right? Um, uh, the the loss that we, we we didn't get so down that we couldn't go out there and keep preparing. We couldn't go out there and have um, really good crisp um, physical practices. And now that we've won, you know, we just have to be careful. What I told them was, I think when you win a game. You have to be careful with the win masking your problems. When you lose a game, you pick at every single thing that happens in the loss. When you win a game, sometimes the tendency maybe is to skim over the things that you didn't do well and kind of just move on to what's next. So I think we have to do a good job as coaches is to look at the things that we really didn't do well, although we won the game, just like we would if we, if we lost it. So we're, we're going to try to do that. We're going to try to have enough self-confidence where we can be self-critical, not only as coaches but as players as well. Along those lines, when, when you wake up on Monday morning after everything that happened on Sunday, you've got a chance to probably watch it, I'm sure, and just realize how in the thick of things you guys really are. How much of a shot in the arm is that as you look toward your next? Yeah, again, never lose sight of the race, right? Where are we actually in the race? And at this particular point, we're right in the middle of it. We're in the thick of it. And um, I think that's – we all think that's what the – the league is about right now. We've talked about over and over. It's a week-to-week -week league. And fortunately for us, we've played well enough at times to be right in the thick of it. So we're, we're um, to some degree, we're, we're in control of, of making our decisions and, and how we're going to practice and how we're going to play. And uh, we'll see how it turns out. Coach, Daniel Carson went through the week with boys and he got to the game, made some big kicks. He's made a lot of big kicks this season. That's one, two games. How confident are you in him just as a kicker? And what have you seen just from the time that he's come from Minnesota to now that's really helped him progress as a player? Well, I think to address where we're at right now, we have a tremendous amount of confidence in him. Um, and certainly you saw that by, you know, being put out there to kick a 56-yarder. So he's hit 55s before at our place, and I thought we were in a venue that we were comfortable with that he could hit a 56 or maybe even a little bit more in that game. And, and um, but I also think we're confident in the protection right now and the job that they're doing up up in front of him. And really, last week, he just missed a one day, didn't feel too well. But um, he came back and practiced at the end of the week. And he kicked the two days before the game. And, and he kicked well in here, uh, preparing for that game. So I, I think we had an expectation. If we got in that situation, we felt confident he can go out there and, and be at his best. And uh, he performed true to, to form. Everyone always asks about Marcus Mariota and, and how to get him more involved. But how much of a challenge is it to get him involved without messing up the rhythm of possibly a drive? Like what? 
you know, how, how do you balance that out without? Yeah, well, I think the thing you saw Greg do a great job of this week is we had him in there multiple times, and, and um, you know, he ends up scoring a touchdown for us because of his athletic ability and what he can do in certain uh, situations, but certainly what we're asking him to do. So uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to um, – Without giving too much away, I think he's going to, you know, hopefully be a part of the packages as we go forward. And uh, he practices like he's preparing to play all the time. And the other thing is, we, it's really hard to take number four out from behind the center as well, especially when he's playing the way he played on Thanksgiving Day. How important, um, I know coaches coach, players play, but how important is it to get number four kind of to back that up, um, what you guys are doing with using Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I think on the touchdown, you saw, I think Derek might have been the first or second guy out there to congratulate him. So I think Derek is about the team. Derek is about doing whatever we can do to put ourselves in position to win a game. And I think you see it by the way in which he prepares, by the way in which he plays. And they certainly have a professional um, relationship with respect to each other's job and what they're trying to do to help us win. And I, so I don't feel like that's an issue in any way. And um, so I just feel like they're, they're certainly competitors, but I certainly think they want to do whatever they can do to help us win games. Rich, I had a follow-up on Trayvon Mullen. Uh, obviously, he's coming off a pretty long absence. Uh, what are you looking for him just physically in terms of being able to tell when he's able to? Yeah, I think uh, to part of what Trayvon's looking for as well is I think he wants to be in a position where he feels like he's ready to go. He's not at 70% or 80%, and I think we'd like that from him as well, to come back where he knows he can get out there and compete, play against the really good players that we're getting uh, fixing a face here in the future. And I think that's just kind of getting him comfortable with the workouts that he's doing on the field, getting him comfortable putting his pads back on, going out there and competing in practice and him looking at us and go, I'm ready to go. I feel like I'm really good. I don't know if he's at that particular stage right now, but I know he's had a really good week or really good two weeks leading up to we'll see what happens this week. Additional with Trayvon, would you say uh, Nicholas Moore would also be considered week to week as well? I think right now Nick is a little further out than just week to week. I don't think he'll be back. Um, certainly not this week. We'll see. So he's maybe two weeks to two weeks, but not this particular week. Coach, I know you said Darren Waller was week to week, but if he can't go, who would you expect to fill in to get more reps? Would it be Foster or one of the other guys like Bushman or Helm? Yeah, well, certainly Foster has fallen into this role before, right, where we put a little bit more on his shoulders. And then, um, you know, we've had Daniel Helms been dressed and playing the last few weeks, and we'll, we'll have to see what personnel that um, Greg would like to use as we go into the week and what factor our fullback plays in that or, or where Bushman plays into those sort of things as well. So I think that'll be a little bit more about what the game plan is going to look like as we get closer to the end of the week. That's good. Good. Good to Thank you. All right, that's great. All right, there he is. We get a chance to get in on that. Rich Passaccia's press conference. So my big takeaway is week to week. Darren Waller is week to week. And that's what the Raiders have the right to do. Around the, They don't have to tell you when he's coming back. They don't have to. And they're not going to at a press conference because you want to know that. So I didn't open up the show saying Waller's coming back for Washington because I wanted to wait to hear that. And we're hearing week to week. Vinny Bonsignor, our teammate here, followed up with that. Followed up with that specifically and got a non-non-answer, which I expected. So would it be nice if Darren Waller plays? We're going to see the practice report come out with the inactives this week. And we'll get a chance to see if Waller's out there and he's limited. I think what every Raider fan needs to see this week it's to see if Waller is limited in practice, if he at least is out there in a limited form. And then if he could play, and then they say he has a full practice, a full practice on Friday, then we could sit here and go Waller's back. But until then, don't call all the shows asking when Waller's coming back. You just heard the coach. If the coach isn't telling you, the trainer's not coming on the show telling you. And we're going to have to wait to see what Darren does. 
And that's why we have so many great insiders who are on this channel. They're at practice every day and trying to find information, and we'll wait to see what happens there. But without Darren Waller in this game, Henry Ruggs is no longer a Raider. You look back at this, and then when he talked about Nicholas Morrow, I am in shock at this recovery length for Nicholas Morrow. I am. So I, I wouldn't count on him. Maybe he could possibly come back, but what impact is he going to have? Nick Kwiatkowski coming back at this point because of the addition of Perryman. Kwiatkowski is now a specialty linebacker who was brought in to start, was not very good. He wasn't elite at the level that the Raiders wanted him at. So he, he reminds me now of a, a guy you bring in on a match play. You, you want to match someone up in the passing game, Kwiatkowski, because he's a little bit faster. But an elite player, no. A special teams type guy that could jump in and tackle on a punt or a kickoff? Sure. But Perryman, the addition of Perryman, Littleton, who I've been very hard on because Littleton played okay, had a couple of plays in the Dallas game. I just thought that he would morph into a pro bowler. That didn't happen. And the linebacker core now needs players to step up and they need some depth instead of someone going down. Trayvon Mullen's the big thing with me as we talk about week to week. Trayvon Mullen... All the games he's missing are games in the bank of experience that he's going to need a year from now, two years from now, and he's not on the field. And he's got to get back out on the field because Casey Hayward has not played his best football as of late, and he's played great this year, not good. So these are all things that I'm thinking about now. Want to get your opinion. Also, Mark Anderson is going to join us. He's fantastic. We have on Mark every two weeks on Monday. I look forward to it from the – Las Vegas Review Journal, UNLV football's over. I went to Duke and Zaga. I want to tell everybody about that. Man, what a good time that was. Holy cow, that was a great game. The game wasn't perfect. The game was sloppy, but it was a Final Four game. It literally felt like a Final Four game. The atmosphere was incredible. Hey, if you need some extra cash heading into the holidays, billshappen.com. If your credit cards are maxed out and that happens, do not be ashamed. If you have bad credit and are rebuilding it, you can get 5,000 cash as early as tomorrow. Billshappen.com. Billshappen.com. Go check it out, friends of the show. Yeah, I felt like we showed the heart of our team today. It really did. Uh, you know, to fight like we did, you know, for them to go down and score and us respond, uh, I really feel good about, you know, the character of our team, especially what we've been through um, these last couple of weeks. And so it was huge to get that win. Uh, and hopefully we can build on that as we go forward and, you know, try to win them all. That's that's our goal from here on out, you know, just, just win, win as many as we can. Hunter Renfro had a monster game. He really did. I mean, more Renfro, please, especially with the status of Waller up in the air. You just got to feed him a little bit more. Eight receptions, 134 yards. That is a hell of a draft pick. That has play, played out perfectly for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's a leader on the team. He plays special teams, 134 yards receiving. He's a weapon everywhere on the field. More Hunter Renfro. And Josh Jacobs is coming off a big year. It'd be nice to turn the team over to Josh. If Josh was peaking like a potential young superstar Pro Bowl running back where you could say, look, we got Waller banged up. We got this guy banged up. We're just going to feed Josh. I just don't think it's there. 
He hasn't been able to prove that this year, but he played his best game. He had his most important purposeable yards in that game. So I'm very high on Josh Jacobs heading into the Washington game if they decide they have to run the ball because of Waller. He played well in that game. Mark Anderson, kind enough to join us from the Review Journal. What a great job he does. Mark, I want to go in a bunch of different directions. First, I went to Duke and Zaga, and it wasn't a well-played game, I thought. Gonzaga missed a lot of shots. But did this city step up the largest basketball game ever in the history of Nevada at T-Mobile? And both teams put on a show. You know, as, as, as I watched that game, my first thought was, this looks like the national championship. Yeah. You know, and I mean the whole thing. Not, you know, like you said, the stands. I, mean, you, I could see this one day, in Las Vegas. That being what you see in the national championship game, it was incredible. Yeah, BD Global and everybody behind the scenes there put on an epic event. And you know, Mark, it was pretty interesting because I've seen the Gonzaga brand grow since I've been on the radio twenty-five years. I remember going and seeing them at a Sweet Sixteen a long time ago, and there were just their local fans that are there now. Vegas seems like it's a hub for Gonzaga, yeah. who plays here at Orleans, plays at T-Mobile. We've seen him play here a lot. There are a lot of Gonzaga fans that come to Vegas. Yeah, it's almost like Gonzaga South, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be back in March for the conference, the West Coast Conference tournament. So, yeah, I mean, it was like they had a residency here this, uh, and that was really—I <laughs> thought that was really cool. And and um, you're kind of starting to see more and more teams do that sort of thing now, and it makes a lot of sense. It, because you know, a lot of, a lot of most teams bounce around all over the place. But if you can find a city to go basically stay for a week, I mean that that to me, and you're playing all these high level games. That to me makes the most sense. Oh, this makes the most sense going forward in college basketball. From Dick Vitale, Coach K's last game here. Mark Few loves it here. Roy Williams loves it here with coaches versus cancer when he was coaching. You look at everything that's happening. Everything at Vegas is a home run for basketball because we can house all the players in these super casinos. They're very close to the venues. Transportation's easy for them, and their families, Mark, their families want to travel just like these kickoff classics. I think the future of Vegas, these bowl games are important, but the kickoff classics gives the families time and the players and their friends to book the trip months in advance to come here. I mean, they talk about this being the most exciting arena on earth. They're proving it. No, I completely agree, and I don't know if you saw what uh, Mike Krzyzewski said. About how he just went on and on praising Las Vegas uh, for being a, such a great uh, host for basketball, and 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 he to, uh, he told his players before the facing Gonzaga in that same locker room set LeBron and Kobe Bryant, and it was just mm-hmm. remarkable how much he gushed about the city. And yeah, and, and football too. You mentioned football. That think that's you're starting to see that in football. But USC's going to play LSU. I think was it twenty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think BYU Notre Dame at 23. So, uh, you know, I think that's going to be an annual event too. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible how far a city's come in, uh, in, in the sports landscape. Mark Anderson's our guest. Follow him at the Review Journal. Great job. Always on our show with us is Twitter, Mark Anderson 65 So, Mark, the Lincoln-Riley story really was a massive story. I was on the air last night on my serious show. The story broke, and I couldn't believe – How many people didn't see this coming? I think this is a documentary unfolding in front of us that SC was able to put this deal together. There's no doubt that Lincoln Riley, to do it this quickly, had to know about it and knew about it and was making the moves before Bedlam. The Oklahoma State game, that meant everything to Oklahoma. They lost that game. They lost to Baylor. 
So how do you think this plays out? I, I don't begrudge him for taking the SC job. It's a great job, but it was really sloppy the way he left Norman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I, mean, I don't have any insight in this, but I'm guessing his agent has been working on this for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, this was. I agree. This wasn't like a, you know a phone call was made to Lincoln Riley two hours later he took the job. I don't. I don't think it came out that simply. Um, but yeah, it's. I give USC all the credit. I mean, they, I, they needed to make a hire like this, and you know, there's a lot of speculation as Lincoln Riley's concerned about Oklahoma going to the SEC, and you know, suddenly it's a much more difficult path to. The, to the college football playoff, and and I that's I guess that's he may be thinking that maybe thinking thinks that USC has an easier path. I don't know, um, but it, it was really interesting. I think it was after the Oklahoma State game, someone asked him about his you know all the talk about his rumors about his job, and he made the point that I'm not going to be the next LSU coach, which is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's not it. a lie. But it was also I think intentionally misleading, as you pointed out that. You know, it was designed to throw people, uh, you know, off on the wrong path. You nailed it. You nailed it on that. That was great. I didn't even think about that. Basically, he threw everybody off the scent by saying no to LSU, and this deal was going down. This deal was going down with USC. Mark, I want to wrap up UNLV's football season with Marcus Arroyo. You got the Fatita complex. You got him recruiting well. There's no doubt that the recruiting has improved, but the record hasn't. So when you look at this going forward, how critical is this for UNLV to have a big offseason to really hit the ground running next year and having to win five or six games for him to sustain his job there? Because there's no way this program with the Legion Stadium, with the Legion Stadium, can sustain another two or three win season. I, I don't see it happening. What are you hearing? No, I agree with you. And, and you know, they just lost their best defensive player, too, Jacoby Winman, too. You know, two days after their final game, said he's out of there. That's that to me. That tells me that he doesn't think this program's on the right path. Okay. Otherwise, he'd stay around next year, try to make a ball game. He he doesn't think that's happening. He wants to go to a place where he can win. So if he doesn't think that's happening, what gives anyone else any kind of confidence that that they're going to get to a bowl next year? And he and I think he does have to at least get the five wins, probably to six in a bowl game keep his job with especially with the new ad coming in so or yeah. if they keep or if they keep the interim in place yeah I, I just think he has to so i don't know i don't see how he gets there frankly i mean they did some they were close in a lot of games uh but that seems to be unlv every year right they're close in some games and makes you think okay if they get a little bit better they'll be right there i don't know i think mm. he's got a rebuild he's looking at another rebuild yeah if, I, if, you know, if this is another rebuild forget about it i mean i'm just yeah. i am just shocked living in this community this long and again, with the Fatidas putting their money into the complex there, and to what this program's been through, and piggybacking off a Legion Stadium that we're talking about rebuilds, I understand you can't get players at the likes of Oklahoma, USC, Alabama, but how the hell are you not out recruiting Wyoming and re- out recruiting <laughs> Boise State and exactly. Washington State, even though they're in a, a better conference? I mean, this the story of the strip. The casinos, and I mean, kids aren't supposed to be recruited to casinos, but just the excitement of Vegas, everything we have with the Raiders, that's got to flip quickly, and it doesn't seem like it's that tough of a sell unless this program has no money. I've always told you, off and on the air, we got to expose these fake boosters who claim that they have great seats and don't give any money. I'm not one of them. I'm not giving my money to the football program. I bought some tickets a couple of times in the past, but who in this town 
has the money to reshape that program other than a couple of big obvious answers to that to get the program up to speed like some of these other schools that don't have Vegas as the backdrop. Yeah, but unfortunately, most of the people who have money in this town don't really have UNLV as football as their primary interest. Yeah. You know, they they have other things that they wanted to put their resources to, and 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 UNLV is way down the list. And we and yeah, I'm, even UNLV basketball at this point is kind of down the list, you know, frankly. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I just I I think it's I think this it's just it looks like it's going to end really badly. I mean, maybe maybe we'll all be surprised the next year we're talking about you know going to a bowl game, but. Right now, it just doesn't look good, and I just—I never was completely comfortable with Tony Sanchez being fired. Um, I thought he had the team close to making a bowl, and I thought if he finally had the chance to recruit to the Fertitta Complex, maybe he could up the recruiting classes enough to get him over that hump. And 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 mm-hmm. I, I think he might have—I don't know—but it, it just, you know, they—they they, he went—they went from winning about four games a year under Tony Sanchez. To now they've won mm. two and was it sixteen or whatever it is under right. Arroyo and it's just there's just it's just it's, it's inexcusable. Thank you, Mark. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate your insight. And thank you too, JT. You take care of yourself. You got it, Mark Anderson. Fantastic journalist. Really good. You know, I'm, I'm, what, what you need to know about me, if you've been, and you don't have to know this about me, but I'm so pro Vegas. I was I've been in Vegas. I met my wife here. My life started here. I had a pretty good life before I got to Vegas, and it would never be the life that I have now if I didn't come to Vegas and luckily find my wife at the, at the Hard Rock Stones and make all the friends that I have today. It would be nothing. I'd be back in New York or somewhere else, and really, I love Vegas. I'm always shocked when something doesn't work in Vegas. And Bobby, you're laughing. You know that about me. If a restaurant doesn't work or something doesn't work, I just sit back and go, how does it not work? The airport is great. Right? I call it the Las Vegas International Airport, by the way. That's it. Period. The Las Vegas International Airport. I love. How many people come through that? Google that stat, right? We have these incredible properties on the Strip. We have Red Rock, the mountains. We have hiking. We have the best golf. Oh, my God. The golf from Southern Highlands to Shadow Creek to every golf course in between. The restaurants, some of the best in the world or the best in a major city. We have the best concerts because we have more than them. You have to turn down concerts. You have to say, no, I can't go to this concert because I'm going to that concert on the same night. You got shows. You got residencies. So when something like UNLV football doesn't work, I sit here and I go, how is that possible? Like some kid who's sitting in Idaho or some kid who's sitting in Lubbock, Texas, or doesn't want to go to Vegas? And remember, he's 18, 19, 20, 20 years old. So why doesn't he want to go there? And it doesn't work? Oh, and then we add Allegiant Stadium? And then the Fatitas build the complex? And you sit around and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is that not working? Like they can go and like have you know, a meal at the Cosmo and look out at the fountains at the Bellagio? That doesn't work? We want to be in Pullman, Washington? Nothing against my buddy Dana and the Cougs. Great job. I'm just saying, how are we screwing this up? And I want Arroyo to win. I've wanted every coach and UNLV since I moved here in 1996. I wanted every one of them to do well. I shake their hands. I look them in the eye. Coach, what can I do to help? And then I sit. I come through another year, and I'm like, oh, my God. But getting back to Kevin Kruger, I love that hire because Alon and that connection. Bobby. Let, let's stick with football for a second here. <laughs> Two reasons. Okay. Oh. First of all, 
you have no TV contract. Right. UNLV is not on TV. I can't I'm, find the games. Yeah. I can't find the games. I, I cannot find the games. I, I go to the internet to find UNLV football in Vegas. It's CBS Sports Network or something. Exactly, and that's my point. Some kid in Lubbock, Texas, sees Oklahoma on ABC yeah, every week, and you have to go find a channel guide to go find out where UNLV is. That's part of it. Number two is the culture of this program. Okay, I'm not going to say this and that. I've lived in this town just as long as you have. You have. You know how many? T- you know how many winning seasons they've had? Zero. You know how many times they've gone six and six? Twice. That's in 25 years I've lived here. Ooh. Six and six twice. That's it. All right. Well, again, we'd like and, to. And, and you know, kids look at that sort of thing and they go, "Okay, well, they haven't had a winning season in 20 years. I'm going to go there." Yeah. Well, that's that's the problem. You have to sell. You have to sell it. That's why you bring in salesmen, you bring in coaches, you bring in an AD who can sell that going forward. This is the most amount of time I've spent on UNLV, period. And again, I, I don't believe how much time people spend on this, considering how bad it is. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm covering the Raiders and the Golden Knights and Kevin Kruger, and I'd like to cover UNLV football winning more. And when they win, it's great. It's great for the city here. One other thing I just wanted to mention about that game between Gonzaga and Duke, BD Global and Brooks Downing and his team coming in here and doing this and pulling this off is incredible. DJ Allen, Jay Ship, guys that I work with with Coaches versus Cancer, great friends of mine. They've invited me out to these last couple of games with my wife. So the last game I come in, there's 20,000 people, 20,000 people. My wife looks at me and she goes, Uber, where do you want to drive? I looked at well, what? No, we Uber. We're going out tonight. We go down to this thing. We roll into one of the suites. It's Lon Kruger and DJ who welcome me into the suite, and we sit down with Oral Hershiser and his wife. Fabulous, nice couple. Talk sports with me. Yes, that's a name drop, Bobby. Hit the bell. And had a good time watching that game, watching the number one and two player in the country. You're going to go one and two in the draft play to see Coach K. The entertainment, T-Mobile, Fantastic. Hanging out with my buddy Jersey Joe Haro, another name drop, and rolled through that place saying, This is incredible. Get me my NBA team. I had a hook to this story, Bobby. It wasn't about me just name dropping. It's about get me New Orleans right now. Put that, it's no more New Orleans. I don't want to hear about the Pelicans. They need to be in T Mobile. Don't build something new. You don't need anything new. You got T Mobile. There's 20,000 fans there. You take the New Orleans Pelicans, because Zion can't stay healthy. You move them to Vegas. Nobody gives a crap in New Orleans. Nobody. Nobody. You move them into T-Mobile. David, uh, excuse me, you look at the whole world of everything. Yeah, Silver, the commissioner goes, oh, my God. Yes. Seattle, you just got your hockey team. I know you want the NBA. We're moving New Orleans to Vegas. Vegas is bigger than Seattle in regards to glitz for the NBA. And now we got an NBA team. I'm not into baseball at the top of Summerlin Parkway. That might be the stupidest idea ever proposed since that train to Victorville. You're going to put a baseball stadium at the top of Summerlin Parkway? Really? Oh, that'll work well in Deep Henderson. That'll work well on the Strip when some guy with his hot girlfriend says, hey, I want to go see baseball tonight. Where do we have to go to the Uber driver? Oh, you got to go to the top of Summerlin Parkway. Oh, no, I'll stay. I'll go to ST Steak. Who's making these decisions? You're going to buy into Dave Cavill, that carnival barker of the Oakland A's? Here's what I'm predicting. They might come here. 
They might come here, and I'll be I'll be there for every Yankee game front row. I'll buy the best Yankee tickets. You think fans are selling tickets to brokers now? Wait till JT the Brick comes in two barrels to buy Yankee tickets. I'll be sitting up front there, loving that. But we don't need baseball at the top of Summerlin Parkway in a dome. It's not going to work. The Las Vegas ballpark, my neighborhood is gorgeous. I walk to the games. I love it there. Okay, you want to put it in Deep Henderson? Won't work. Won't work as people from Summerlin and the Strip won't go to Deep Henderson for a baseball game. It's great when you have minor league teams and they're playing cute games and they're playing it here. We all love it. Bring the kids, get them a drink and a popcorn and let them go see minor league sports because it's high end here. Silver Knights and the Aviators, high end and beautiful facilities. Baseball with Dave Cavill. So if these Oakland A's fans who are listening on Raider Nation Radio are smart, what's going to happen next year is that the Matt Scherzer got signed today for $130 million. What do you think the Oakland A's are going to do to match that? Nothing. And that's the team you think the Oakland A's coming to Vegas are going to go get Matt Scherzer and Garrett Cole? They're going to be a doormat. Doormat team. And people aren't going to go on a Tuesday night to see the new Las Vegas A's play the Detroit Tigers for four nights. You're not going to draw flies. So that's reality. I dipped the show in reality. So everybody else can go run around and beg for their A's credentials three years from now and raise their hand and have their podcast, the Las Vegas A's podcast. It'll be great. 702-365-9200. See, Bobby, I've been off since Thursday night. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. Jump on board before I get out of here. 702-365-9200 as we continue. And we'll see. Lincoln Riley to USC. Ooh, there's going to be some slobbering from the West Coast media over that one. Wait till tomorrow. They're going to have a red carpet rolled out for Lincoln Riley. And he deserves it. He's a hell of a coach. But, man, did he leave Norman ugly, ugly. Raider Nation Radio. Oh, my. JT and Eric Allen. Will they be happy back at the M Club in Las Vegas? I can only imagine. I believe JT. I think I see him dancing around the room right now. He got the whole city fired up. We come to the end of the game. And in sudden death overtime, Raiders 36, Cowboys 33. Jackpot, baby. I told my wife that we're going to use that as our ringtone. That is the coolest thing ever. The backdrop of my youth, Brent Musburger, throwing it to me live as he's giving the final score. Back at M? Are you kidding me? Pinch me. I'm living a dream. I live that dream. Man, I work with Eric Allen on game day, and Brent Musburger, I throw it to, and he throws it back to me. With Lincoln Kennedy, one of my favorite people on earth. So it's a good time. Everybody should be in a good mood. The Raiders are coming off a victory against the Dallas Cowboys. And for the Raiders now, they have to build on this momentum. They cannot take a massive. This is more than one step forward. This is two steps forward. They can't go backwards. You beat the Dallas Cowboys on the road in Dallas. Now, Dallas was missing the two best players on offense. They were. Raiders were missing Henry Ruggs and will miss him. He'll never play again. And the Raiders had Darren Waller get hurt in the game. And Carl Nassib was hurt. All the penalties that were there. That was a classic game that could have went against the Raiders. And I'm really happy for Mark Davis. 
friend of the show who got a chance to shake Jerry Jones' hand on the field, Jerry and Steven, and Mark's there, and Mark gets a chance to get on the Raiders' plane on the way home knowing he beat Jerry Jones and Steven Jones. That's a big victory for Mark Davis as the team is now based in Vegas. Jerry's role in helping with Vegas, Jerry's you know, passion for Al Davis. They're both gold jacket Hall of Famers. And for Mark to get a win on Thanksgiving in Jerry's world, it's a big deal. And this is the things you can build on. And there's been a lot of, you know, tough times this year. Again, I can't imagine that what, what's going on. I can't imagine any team having to deal with this because it's never been done before. The resignation of John Gruden and the car accident. Those two events would take any sports team and cripple them. And the Raiders are coming out of it still playing hard. Passaccia is doing a hell of a job. Let me tell you why. I interview him. I'm at practice. I go to their games. I'm kind of watching practice from a different location because I'm interviewing him But right afterwards. And he, these practices are great. He says it. So Passaccia's got him practicing well during the week. You don't hear anything leaked out. They're not practicing. Man, they had a bad practice. That's all he can do. And then on game day, Passaccia's got to turn it over to Greg Olson on offense and Gus on defense and oversee it. And he's 3-3. Three and three. Over these conditions? Look, I don't know what the answer is long term, but I'm pulling for this guy. This guy went into Dallas where he coached with Rod Marinelli and got on the plane with a victory. That's a hell of an accomplishment considering what they were going through. Now the breaking news today, Mike McCarthy has COVID. Okay. Well, Raiders just played in Dallas. Okay, Mike McCarthy has COVID. That's a big deal. And the organization now, the Cowboys are very worried. They announced that McCarthy tested positive, will not be with the team in person as they prepare Thursday's game against New Orleans. How does that affect the Raiders? Well, Captain Obvious, they just played him, and the coach has COVID. But number two, Washington has an opportunity to get back into this thing. Philadelphia, and I don't think they will. Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts blew a golden opportunity to get back into it. They got beat by the Giants. Raiders lost to the Giants. Giants, Giants since the Kansas City game has been putting a beat down on some teams. Not winning them all, but they've been playing really well. And then tonight we get a chance to see the Washington football team play. And I'm going to watch that game really closely while I'm on the air to try to get a good thing. I'm DVR in the game. I'm watching it twice. I'm watching it live tonight. I'm going to watch it tomorrow before the show so we can get a trend of what's happening. Joe Theismann coming on this week. A couple of Washington insiders along with tomorrow, Tom Flores, Paul Gutierrez, Jeff Sherman from the West Coast, uh, Gabe, Bill Williamson, Steph McKenzie this week. We're back on our grid coming off the holiday. And then I'll interview the coach on Thursday. I'm hosting the Silver and Black show with Lincoln Kennedy on Friday. Thanks to everybody who saw the Thanksgiving special. I anchored that uh, going into the weekend. That was kind of cool because it showed what the Raiders are doing in the community. And as I watched it back with my wife, there was a feature on Cleland Farrell, mom who was in the military, which gave me a completely new perspective of Cleland Farrell and what he's all about. So that's where we are there. And then as we take a look at what's happening going forward, I think it's an important week for the team to get healthy again. They have to get healthy in a big way. Uh, Darren Waller needs to play in this game. I don't know how injured he is. He, we just heard the week-to-week comments here, and he's going to have to find a way to play. And if he can play, it uh, gives the Raiders a big chance because Washington would have to prepare for that. And preparing for that is going to be tough. If you, don't, if you know Waller isn't ready to go, that's an issue. 
and it gives Washington with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, two very good defensive minds, the ability not to have to prepare for Waller. So I hope that isn't the case there. A couple of interesting games that I just wanted to hit on quickly before we got out of here. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay got back. They had a big, impressive win. I think currently tonight they're the best team in football. Second down and goal to go from the five of Los Angeles. Devontae in motion to the left side. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his left. Snapped A-Rod in the pocket. Dumps it over the middle. He's got Dylan. Breaks a tackle to the end zone. Touchdown! Troy Reader could not bring down A.J. Dillon. And the Packers extend the lead. Packers radio on the call. It's a solid win for them against a very good team. We all know that the Rams now lost three in a row. That is a huge story going forward. Aaron Rodgers after the game going into the bye week with the toe injury. The difference is I didn't have to get shot up again at halftime. So um, definitely the healing this week, um, the, the healing, uh, you know, kind of get to a better spot. So I've definitely felt better. But third quarter, late third, early fourth, you know, and I I got stepped on early in the game. There was definitely some pain I was dealing with. Yeah, he is dealing with a lot of pain. Turf toe's the real deal. That's a big-time injury to him, but he has the bye week here. There was talk about maybe surgery, but he'd be able to play off a quick surgery if he pulls that off. I wanted to get to Joe Mixon of Cincinnati and the way he's playing. We saw him live at Allegiant Stadium, and now Mixon has had another good game for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're the real deal, and they have the tiebreaker over the Raiders if they both go. Throwing the shotgun, Mixon to his right. Will they give it to Joe again? They do. Twist his shoulder pads, lunges forward. Here come the officials running in. Touchdown! Bengals! Yeah, Bengals are good. The Raiders saw that up close. And how about Bobby's team, the New England Patriots? What's going on with New England? And Mac Jones, this team ever going to lose again? They're the hottest team with six victories in a row. Really, no one saw this coming. New England, I thought they'd lose four in a row. I thought they were going to lose to the Titans, two to the Bills. I think they got the Colts. I just thought they were, here's where they were going to lose. I was wrong. New England's the real deal. Jones is back in the pocket. Throws down the middle. Caught by Bourne. Running room to the outside Ooh. as he carries to the 30. Oh, nice down the sideline. It's 15. Away from a defender. Into the end zone. Touchdown to run after the catch. Touchdown, Patriots. Patriots Radio, they have a bye week between Buffalo and Indy. That would be nice if the Raiders had their bye week now. And we thought the bye week for the Raiders was a good thing when they had it. How nice would it be to have that bye week right around now for the silver and black? And then uh, one more game I wanted to mention here before we wrap it up, uh, Denver. Denver beating the Chargers. What a win. Teddy Bridgewater, give him credit. Denver's right back in it. Bridgewater, play pass, rolls to his right. Bridgewater can run if he wants to, throws the ball to the end zone. Touchdown, Denver! Eric Saubert! Now that's uh, they're, they're legit. That's Dave Logan. Uh, we want to thank Wahoo's Fish Taco. What a... What a job they are doing. Have you been to their Eastern location with the double deck up top overlooks the strip all the way from Eastern? It's fantastic. The food is incredible. They had a dessert challenge. They're making unbelievable desserts there. Their food is fantastic. Their chicken tortilla soup. I brought home a bunch. My sons crush it. Their chicken tortilla soup is incredible. Wahoo's Fish Taco escape from all of this Cyber Monday madness. And drop into Wahoos with family and friends and all of our other partners here. Fun show. Just me and you today, most of the day, and Mark Anderson, which is nice. Not a lot of heavy lifting today. Thanks for being there, celebrating that weekend against Dallas, the long weekend, coming off the victory on Thursday. 
Now we'll get right into Washington. How long does it take to come up with a team name? Washington hasn't been able to come up with a name? Really? Yeah, you like WFT. All right, we'll see. I think we got some bad blood with them because of the emails. Wait till I get going on that this week. Oh, you want to be tuned in for that. Those Washington football team emails that were leaked out. You think I forgot about that? Hell no. We'll use that as some radio motivation.